Ecclesiastes 2, verses 1 through 11. I said in my heart, Come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, It is mad, and of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I also had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered that all my hands had done, and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, it was all vanity and a striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow. So continuing on in Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. and a similar type uh, thing that the the author of Ecclesiastes is is saying, you know, yeah. combine those two phrases right there at the end in verse 11, saying that all of this was vanity and striving after wind. Yeah. But, you know, if you look at what he's done, I mean, it's interesting. This is like thousands of years ago. Yeah. And yet it sounds so much like what, very wealthy, accomplished people are doing today in building all these great homes and building these gardens and, you know, this, this beautiful landscape. Even when he's talking about the herds and flocks, when I was reading that just now, I thought about people like the garages with like the hydraulic lifts and like (laughs) stuffed with luxury cars. The modern day. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so, uh, yeah, it's still very relevant. Uh, I mean, what he's saying here. So kind of interested to hear uh, your thoughts on the passage uh, as you were kind of sharing with me earlier about some of the some of the prosperity gospel type stuff that we face today. Yeah, I mean, as you as you read this passage, prosperity, at least for me, that was one of the big thematic words right. that came to mind. And I, I kind of caught myself because as I read this, I immediately was like, okay, well, this doesn't apply to me. (laughs) Right. And I was like, okay, well, when you're reading the Bible and you think that, that's probably the number one sign that it actually does. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Good point. So I I began to think about, you know, where this like pursuit of prosperity. And, you know, there's there's kind of, I would break it down into like three distinct, like quote unquote, prosperity gospels. And, the first one is the one that we tend to be very quick and keen to catch. And it's that like Joel Osteen, Creflo Dollar, material wealth, 
like God wants you to be happy and healthy and wealthy. Right. And if you're not, it's because you don't have enough faith and, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's kind of easy to catch that. Sure. I would say there's, there's a second one and it's really what I encounter a lot more. And I think in Atlanta where there's a lot of Christianity and a lot of churches and a lot of money and fortune 500 companies, Mm. it's really prevalent. And it's this ambitious American life hmm. where Christianity is brought in as one of the pillars, hmm. but it's like supporting something else. And, hmm. you know, I see this a lot as like a young guy. One of the big topics of conversation among like me and my friends and other guys is like kind of this how to get ahead mentality. Right. You know, and it's like, is it, investing in real estate or Bitcoin or, right. you know, like your Roth IRA or, or whatever, you know, it's kind of guys like turning that corner in their twenties and thing down the line. And you begin to have this mentality of like, and there's a lot of Christian figures who are not like bad people or false prophets, mm-hmm. but they've kind of built these platforms of taking Christian ideas and adapting them to like, how to have more money Mm. and how to have, you know, financial freedom, which is a great thing, but that kind of becomes ultimate. And so then the Christian life that we live is no longer a life of being poured out like wax for Christ. Right. But it's this life of using like the Proverbs and Jesus's parables to be really good with money and get that sea level suite and, mm-hmm. you know, have the houses that you want. And I really think, you know, in this passage, he talks about pursuing pleasure and he uses this, uh, this phrase still guiding me with mm-hmm. wisdom. And he, uh, and then down in verse nine, he says, also my wisdom remained with me. And I I would say like this passage is not just kind of talking about this like blatant hedonism of like absolute drunkenness and and sex and rock and roll, Mm -hmm. but it's also kind of talking about this life that we can fall into where we want to be, you know, hearers of the word and studying the word, but then we kind of just want to like bring that into our pursuit of a well-ordered, stable life that we want. Mm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, as I as I hear you kind of pointing out those two different prosperity gospels, uh, and I think that's a really good distinction to make because I think a lot of times we hear prosperity gospel and we throw we throw it all out. It's like, yeah. no, we're like evangelicals or we're not of that vein, and mm-hmm. so um, you know we're we're not we're not preaching like do uh, you know follow the Lord and He will give you all the material desires of yeah. your heart. And so we throw it all out, but I think you're I think you're right to point out that second um, prosperity gospel. And, and as I'm listening to you, as I'm reading, as we're reading, you know, Ecclesiastes two, and I'm seeing all these things that the writer of Ecclesiastes has accomplished, I think it boils down to a matter of importance. Totally feeling important, and we all have this thing within us that we want to feel important. We want to feel useful. We want to feel like we're doing something. We want to feel like we're contributing. And I, I mean, I, I see men that do this with their businesses, you know, and they yeah. start this business and that business and another business. And if those businesses succeed and are making profit and, and different things, then they feel more important. 
and you kind of feel like you have a leg up on on certain people. Yeah. It's the same thing kind of in the the world of knowledge, you know, if somebody's teaching in this school and then he wants to move up to a yeah. a better known school and a better known school, you know, and end up in Oxford, England or whatever, yeah. then you're kind of climbing that ladder uh, and you feel more important. And I think what the writer of Ecclesiastes here is saying is that he did all these things, he accomplished all these things, and at the end of it, he didn't find the importance that he was looking mm. for. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I find it interesting. I find something very fascinating in today's world. Uh, all the like super mega wealthy guys today are trying. They all seem to be interested in one thing: space exploration. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you got Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. and uh, Elon Musk and Richard Branson. Yeah. These guys, they're all fascinated with space exploration. Yep. And I think it's worth asking, like, what is behind that? Mm-hmm. And I think what's behind that is they feel like they've already accomplished everything under the sun, yeah. to use an Ecclesiastes term. Yeah. They've already done everything under the sun, so they're looking to go, like, you know, outside of the sun, yeah. as it were. Uh, uh, and so they're totally. they're looking to go outside and to do this, like, sp- space exploration and how can we live on Mars and trying to find, you know, other worlds that might have life on them and different things like that. And it's it seems to be this rat race of trying to get a leg up on everybody else yeah. and to feel more important because you've accomplished more or you've contributed more or or whatever it is. Uh, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's that heated like pursuit of, of ambition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for that sake of importance. And I think even like with those figures that idea of legacy and sort of immortalizing themselves and, and Ecclesiastes as we continue to go through this is just an all out assault on that mentality. Right. right. And I was talking to Elaine Moore, who's a member here and she's one of our sort of counselors in training and she's doing a counseling class right now called counseling in Ecclesiastes. Hmm. We were talking about this the other night and it's really fascinating, but we just had this great conversation about how, Ecclesiastes is really freeing because it it breaks down this like obsession with with the impact that that future focused impact driven life that we're kind of baptized into mm. and it frees you into this third prosperity gospel mm. which I would say is the true prosperity gospel a good prosperity gospel good prosperity yeah. gospel which is the prosperity that we are offered in Christ, mm. that when we walk in Christ, we will abound in good works and we will bear the fruit of knowing him, which yeah. is love, joy, peace. You know, the yeah. list goes on. Yeah. And those are the things, because there are promises of prosperity in the Bible. You know, a famous one is Psalm 1. Mm. And all that he does, he prospers. Talking about the the man who dwells on God's word. Right. Well, that's not talking about you know, owning a private jet. And it's not, it's also not talking about living this nice, perfect, comfortable, well-ordered life that we always dreamed of just for the sake of having it. It's really talking about living a life that is worthy of the calling of Christ that, Mm. that bears the fruit of knowing him. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's worth asking and we'll end on this, but it's worth asking, you know, wherever you're listening this morning or this afternoon or this evening, where are you finding your importance? Mm. Where are you finding your worth and your value? Yeah. Is it is it 
truly in Christ? I mean, ask yourself this question. Like, is it truly in Christ? Yeah. And is it truly seeking to, to prosper with the fruit of the spirit? Or is, is Christianity, like you said, I think it was a really good word picture earlier that Christianity becomes your walk with Christ becomes more of a pillar yeah. to kind of, but it's actually upholding a different foundation yeah. or it's standing on a different foundation or is, is your, uh, importance and your worth and your value really found in the foundation of Christ and you're mm. building everything on top of that. That's so good. Well, for Will Carlisle, I'm Barrett Fisher. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.